this sounds a bit strange, but one of the things I've done in the past that has really helped is that I go on, t I go up the top of a mountain with a friend and we sit on top of the mountain and we talk and there's a sense of clarity. I sound like a, like a Buddhist or a monk or something, <laughs> don't I? Hi there. You're listening to Working Out, a podcast discussing the journey towards doing what you love. On the show, we'll be discussing our own experiences in creating our passion-based businesses. It's about the expedition, the here and now, the daily challenges and achievements towards getting paid for your passion. I'm doing my insanity right now. Not right now. Do you know what insanity is? No. <laughs> it, it's a workout. All oh, right. Okay. And it really is as insane as as the name implies, but it's making me want to eat all the time. So I'm doing it to kind of, you know, lose weight and get toned, but then I'm like eating all the time. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so creative block, that's the topic for today. Creative block is our topic for, for today. So I think it's something that everybody's familiar with if you're in the creative industry you've you know had experiences with with not being able to go forward with something and you just you're out of ideas and everything you create seems to be subpar or it doesn't accomplish the goal and you can't think your way out of it so I thought we could chat about you know both of our experiences with creative blog and how we deal with it or don't deal with it and is it something that you have to deal with regularly I think in some form, yeah, you, I have creative block all the time or, well, the whole term creative block, I think is quite, it's used to, to describe so many aspects of just, you know, battling, uh, battling through working as a creative person. I think it's, it can often be used as just an excuse, but it's, um, it's just really, there are a number of factors. It's not like. There's just this, uh, yeah, literal block in front of you, blocking you from doing anything. There's tons of different factors. And uh, I have some tips on how I've been able to to handle, uh, you know, my lack of creativity or things that have been uh, standing in the way of of me creating stuff. I kind of feel like I'm going through a bit of a creative block right now. So you can give me your tips. Okay. So you're 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 thinking you think of it more as a as a period of time of of I'm in a creative block right now and uh, I can't get out of it. I can't do something. I have I think I that I kind of have two definitions for it and I'm actually experiencing both right now. So one of them is that I am, I'm itching to build a new web app. Okay, kind of, I think this isn't um, prompted by our episode about shipping a few weeks back and we spoke about Drew, mm -hmm. serial shipper, and he sometimes he gives himself just two days to get something done. And I've been wanting to follow in his footsteps and give myself the weekend to to build something. Okay, so I'm itching to do it, but I have zero ideas. So that's one side of it, not having any ideas okay mm -hmm. and then the other side of it which i'm having with photography i do have an idea for a project that i want to do so i'm terrible in the kitchen i am 
I burn everything. I burn salad, for goodness sake. And I want to learn how to cook, but it doesn't mm-hmm. excite me. So I thought to get excited about it, I'd combine it with my love for photography and perhaps do, you know, like a weekly recipe that I build and photograph, build. <laughs> you can tell that I'm a developer at heart. Um, that I, a recipe that I want to make. And then photograph it, you know, really nice presentational style there. But mm-hmm. I just can't get off my arse and do it. So that kind of, I don't know, laziness surrounding creative block or that lack of desire to actually push through and do it. So I've got two examples there of this kind of creative block that I'm mm-hmm. facing right now. Yeah, I've got thoughts on on both of those. So like the first one is a, uh, is a side project. It's, it's, side projects are great ways to to sharpen your creativity because because they're yours and you get to flex your creative muscles however you want and there's the it's not like with client projects where there's other factors that determine how far you can go in the in the creative process um however for me creative block rears its ugly head most often inside projects rather than client projects because because it's a case of having too much freedom so it, having too much creative freedom can be really daunting, like being presented with a blank page and just told to create. That's pretty scary. I think you need a lot of, or you need, you you work better with restrictions. They're a good thing for creativity. You need some boundaries and goals uh, when it comes to a side project. So that's why these days I prefer working on iOS apps to web design with iOS apps. There's, only so much room on screen and there's only certain things you can do to accomplish your goal and apps have a lot more focus. Uh, and I really like that. You don't have to have this big, uh, you don't have this big canvas like you do on the, on the web when the idea for another feature that's not really necessarily comes up. It's very easy for someone to just say, stick it in the sidebar. We have the room there and, uh, it can, web design can really quickly build into this you know, big monster, but with iOS, you have to be kind of creative to find solutions in that small space. So you can't afford to be lazy like that. So I find the restrictions of iOS really good and you can really focus, um, in that small space because you, you know, where the, you know, where the walls are, but for, for certain side projects that you have, I mean, it's quite, it's quite a scary thing to, to know where to start and you have, you need to, if it's your own project, you need to start setting some restrictions and say, what exactly is, is this going to do? What do I want to achieve with it? And what are my, you know, where are the boundaries? And I think that really helps to give you a starting point to see what, what you're working with, but to have some focus, I think is really important. Uh, And I think the second the second thing you talked about was not really knowing where to start, like with your, with the cooking photography. Yeah. Um, I think and you said you're not really passionate about cooking. That's something, I mean, a lot of the times people use, you know, the term creative block as a kind of excuse and I do it as well. You're just thinking, you know, oh, I can't get anywhere with this, this pet project. I've got creative block, but the reality is you, you just don't really want to do anything with it like if you really sit down and think about do you really want to uh do this thing do you really want to to cook i mean 
now we're talking about passion-based project ideas. That's what the whole podcast is about. So say it's writing a book, for example, the, the idea of writing a book sounds great to you, but you find yourself unable to, to start it and you cite the reason as creative block, but maybe actually you just like the idea of having written a book and, and knowing that people are reading your stuff and enjoying it. And it's not really something you want to do. If writing a book was something you really wanted to do, you'd be itching to get cracking on it every chance you got. I mean, you'd be writing on the train or at lunchtime or every chance you had free time, you'd be, you'd be writing. So maybe you really don't want to uh, write a book and are using, you know, creative blog as just an excuse for that. So the people who want to write are the people who are writing no matter what, because they love, they just love writing and they need to write. So, I mean, maybe it's good to think about whether the creative block thing is just an excuse because it's something you like the sound of, but it's not really a passion like your cooking, uh, the idea of cooking. I mean, you said it, your real passion is photography. So maybe it's not, maybe the reason you can't really get started on it is because the cooking aspect isn't really, isn't really something that excites you so much that you're willing to, you know, put in the, the extra hours, you know, going and reading cookbooks and looking stuff up online and buying going researching what ingredients you like because it's not really your passion but the photography side of it really is your passion so maybe there's another way to to you know use photography like maybe maybe you combine your skills with someone who really has a passion for cooking and use you guys set up a you know a blog together or something and you photograph you know what they're passionate about i think you are spot on there the idea of spending time in the kitchen really doesn't excite me but having a cake to eat at the end of it and take a pretty <laughs> picture of it does so I think you're absolutely spot on there um but obviously both of us are kind of in these creative fields um you as an illustrator or do you do you call yourself just a designer or an illustrator I usually say illustrator and designer because they're kind of illustration is more in the art side of things but I really love design like like solving design problems uh, doing no matter whether it's an iOS app or a web app or something else it's you know designing to solve somebody's problem uh, I really love that aspect and getting down into the nitty gritty details of UX so I usually say both but um, yeah well, I'll designer just call first, you, I guess. yeah, I'll, I'll just say designer then, mm -hmm. but especially in terms of working with clients, when mm -hmm. you work in a creative field, you are expected to constantly be switched on and provide solutions to these problems at a moment's notice. You know, you have a client come to you and say, this is what we want you to do. And you're expected to just present something. Mm -hmm. um, and as a creative, I do think, it, creativity is in your blood I do think that mm -hmm. but it still comes in cycles it comes in ebbs and flows like you've kind of said mm -hmm. um, so you can't be switched on 100% of the time so have you ever had you know been presented with a project to work on and you've just your mind has went blank there's just there's nothing there you can't produce anything yeah I've had I've had periods of time with that like you're really you're really uh, yeah you really feel yeah the creative block then that that's a real you know you just can't move anywhere that's I, scary 
it's uh well when it comes to client projects i mean it's really yeah then it's really a uh it's really real like it's not with your with your own pet projects i mean it's it's up to you how seriously you take them but yeah if it's for a client it's um it's really tough so the idea of being switched on creatively all the time i'm never 100% switched on 100% dedicated to one project at a time so i always have multiple projects going on at once so that really helps in my creativity I find working like only working on one project for a long time really grinds your creativity down and you oh, don't yeah. then you get too close to it and you can't see the end anymore and it's just monotonous and you need outside influences uh, from a lot of different directions but I don't you know dedicate myself solely for months on one project I always have two or three plates spinning at once and other projects that are hopefully you know drastically different help influence your other projects and that i find really helps with uh with creative block if you've got particular problems in in one project um i mean the more the more influences you uh, you take on and embrace and the more stuff you're you have your mind switching between you're able to come up with creative solutions uh, a lot easier um but i find when you're really getting down to the tiny details and UX challenges in a in a in a project, you really need to. That's the important time to expose your mind to to different challenges and have your have other inputs to to keep your creativity sharp. So that's what I I find working on multiple stuff at once really really helps avoid uh, these periods of of you know not being able to progress creatively. That's interesting because I I kind of kind of feel the opposite way about well that's part of the reason why I don't want to do my photography business as a full time gig so I see wedding photographers who go out on Friday and they do a wedding mm -hmm. and then on Saturday they have another wedding and sometimes even on Sunday they go out and do a third wedding that weekend. And for me, doing a wedding takes so much, it sucks so much of my creativity and energy out of me that I can't even, I wouldn't even be able to think about doing another one the next day. So in that respect, for me, I feel that that wouldn't work with photography. It's like having so much work on that you can kind of jump from project to project because it really does suck all of my creativity out of me and mm -hmm. I don't want to do I don't want my photography to get to the point where it becomes a burden and I have to force I have to force myself to go out and photograph a wedding does that make sense mm -hmm. well yeah. obviously you would have to force yourself to go out and do it because you're not going to phone up somebody on their wedding day and say I'm not really feeling <laughs> like the creative juices are flowing today do you mind if I don't turn up <laughs> but yeah that's why I just want to kind of dabble in it a little bit instead of um instead of do have so many projects on the go yeah I mean for me uh, because every project for me can be so wildly different. Like an illustration is very different from an iPhone app and one iPhone app is really different from another iPhone app. So there's always, it doesn't matter if you're doing two iPhone app projects at the same time, they can be so completely different that you're, you're switching another part of your mind on when you go to the other one. Uh, but I, I guess something like photographing a wedding, there is a lot of, 
the same shots you have to take each time and a lot yeah. of then it becomes a process of you know just a mundane process of of going through the motions every time so i can imagine if you're doing that you know on a friday and a saturday and a sunday then you're not yeah that that can be a real way to to stop your stop your creativity so i think what you do is great where you only do a certain number of weddings a year so, so that you hop between doing some wedding photography and then you're working on insurance and then you're going on uh, you're creating a talk uh, and you're jumping between all these things and that keeps your keeps your mind fresh yeah i guess you're right so obviously creative block does hit everybody at some point it affects us all if you say that it's never happened to you you're lying um but it does pass in time i think um however i want to know what does prompt creative block in the first place because for me i think i've noticed myself if i'm feeling if i'm not feeling creative or if i'm not producing ideas or work of a high caliber then it's usually down to the fact that I'm feeling quite overwhelmed with life in general like I've kind of let all of my errands pile up silly things like letting my my mail that I need to deal with pile up um so much on my to-do list kind of projects with loose ends that I haven't tied up I can definitely um, associate feeling overwhelmed with kind of hitting this creative block is there anything that you can pinpoint for you that provokes creative block i think it's a i think it's the same same issue as uh, being overworked and and just being too close to the work and sitting in front of it for hours and hours uh, on end and not taking enough breaks and not getting other influences that that's when it happens to me as well if i've got if two or three projects are in a particularly rough phase of, of yeah, we're, we're shipping two or three things at the same time, or there's certain big challenges and a lot of other stuff outside of work is happening. It's, it's whenever you get that pressure on top of you, that's when I find it difficult to, to create stuff. So, I mean, taking breaks, I mean, so many times I've struggled late into the evening on a particular design issue and trying everything uh but i'm not able to come up with the answer but then i go and sleep on it and get up the next morning and you can solve it within 10 minutes yes, so it's your to me too it's your subconscious is pretty good at figuring stuff out but you have to you know give it some rest and i find another good way of keeping creative is to take those breaks and do like embrace uh, mundane tasks so start doing little repetitive tasks that don't require much thinking so it allows your mind to relax and think about your problem differently like you know when a great idea hits you when you're doing the dishes or driving or in the shower or yeah. right before you go to sleep it's because your mind is in this different state in those situations and it's able to think in a different way than when you're staring at the same problem for hours and hours and hours on end mm. so go out and buy a you know, model airplane or something and uh, take an hour each day to to sit and put it together and paint it and really focus on it and get stuck into it during that hour. That and then you'll really find, fun. yeah, I mean, that I just bought a model ship on Amazon once I was, <laughs> I was writing notes with it and I just thought, yeah, it's something I've never done. So I'm just wow. going to go buy it and, uh, and, and see what happens. But I think if you really, you know, take an hour every day during the day and, you know, really focus on it and put a lot of detail into it. You'll find certain 
lights turn on in your mind when you return to your work afterwards. Like you must find that when you're playing uh, video games, you're a gamer, right? So you must get good ideas when you're, you know, sitting in front of the TV and, and playing video games and you're not really thinking about work, but it's kind of your mind in the back of your mind. It's kind of, it's working itself. You must have good ideas after you, you take a break that way. Yeah. The one thing that's really struck me and really surprised me in the past is that a good example is when, when I am building, building an app and I'm programming and then I just hit that, that wall and I can't do anymore. My mind isn't functioning. I can't figure out how to solve problems and, you know, you can sit there and try to push through it. That never works. But if I go away and I go and do something else for the weekend, play my video games, whatever, and come back to it, I solve it instantaneously. It's pretty crazy. Mm. Um, but but one- the thing is, it kind of it kind of feels like cheating. Like you, you want to fool yourself into thinking, okay, I should just spend some more time uh, trying to figure this out and not give up. But really your mind's just just too done from looking at the same problem over and over again that taking a break even if it's going playing a video game it's not really it's not really that you're giving up but you're just giving your mind time to you know really think about what the problem is and then as long as you go back to trying to solve the problem then taking breaks is a fantastic idea yeah so i'm not going to feel guilty when i play <laughs> video games um but one one of the the things that i was kind of reading about when I was looking, when I was reading other people's definitions of creative block and whatnot, um, was this article on 99U, is it called? Mm -hmm. That's a good website, lots of good content on there. And they they wrote an article called Your Creativity is Like Any Other Muscle. Basically, it needs work to become stronger. Mm -hmm. And they gave two kind of pointers to getting over creative block. And one of them was push past your comfort zone. And the other one was practice intensely, which I found kind of strange because I really agreed with you when you've mentioned like actually getting away from it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I was thinking about how that might apply to me as a photographer, you know, with the kind of practicing intensely thing, perhaps that would be doing a three, six, five project where I have to take a photo every day for a year. Mm -hmm. Um, cause that requires a lot of dedication, but I just don't see how that would actually, I think that would have the opposite effect on me (laughs) and kind of drain my enthusiasm for photography. And the other one was um like i said pushing past your comfort zone so that could be i don't know if you've ever seen these photo projects um called um like a stranger's project where you have to maybe take a photo of a stranger every day so you just walk up to somebody in the street and ask if you can take their portrait which really does push you out of your comfort zone i've I've done a little bit of it in the past but it is terrifying Uh so maybe it's worth asking yourself you know how can you push past your comfort zone or how can you practice intensely um but but, sorry did you have something to say there well i was just gonna ask about the strangers thing how did you feel like after doing that did you have some or did it did you have some good effects come out of that that was really great that was exciting 
because not only did it it was great to walk away with a portrait but it was also a bit of a confidence boost too like yeah I just went up to a stranger in the middle of a busy street in Glasgow and asked if I could take their photo and they said yes so that that did work but I, again I just can't see myself doing that every day I think that's my problem with photography if I was forced to do it every day I'd find it quite monotonous but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I don't love it does it no, no, no. I think it's a really, like, I, I quite enjoy writing and I have some writing projects that have been going on a long time that I want to do, but I, yeah, I have this mental block that's kind of stopping me from, from doing anything about them. And yeah, it's like I talked about earlier, maybe it's not something I really want to do. I just like the idea of having written something, but I do know once I get stuck into actually writing and doing it regularly i really enjoy doing it but i have this starting from zero is quite uh, it's quite daunting and that always that always keeps me from from starting i just need to actually begin and i need to you know just take one step and actually make something so it doesn't uh it doesn't matter if you if what you make in the first step is never used in the final result but that first step will take you one step closer to the final result. So I've gone through periods of writing and it's definitely a muscle that, that needs exercise. Like you need to, for writing, you need to write every day and just keep moving your fingers on the keyboard. And it doesn't matter how rough it is. And if you think oh, this is absolute rubbish that I'm writing, just, just keep pushing and pushing. And then you start to see that you're accomplishing something, but it's definitely some a muscle you need to keep working at. Like I've had periods of days and weeks when, I just keep keep at the writing and keep at the writing every day. And then it becomes just easier and easier to create something worthwhile. Uh, and then you can see a better result, but you need to battle through the, the monotony and, and you just need to, yeah. I mean, the starting block is just hard to step up from step off from whenever it's something like something like writing, but the best advice I can just give is, is to just, start like today you a great post about that yeah I'll, I, we can put a link in the show notes about yeah about just starting but even if it's you know take two day take an hour or half an hour or whatever it is but just take make some time today to start on that thing because you can say oh, i'll do it tomorrow but i'm sure you said that yesterday and it'll be you know, you can find yourself, I'll start, you know, after the weekend and, and then it pushes and it's another week, another week. And I do that too, but I found the, I always get the best results after I really did just focus and uh, take half an hour, write two day and, and actually write something or design something, whatever it is. But it has to, you have to just start it. You're so right. I'm a t I'm so bad for saying oh, I'll just do it tomorrow, start tomorrow, and then putting yeah. it off, I'm so bad for that. Mm -hmm. But do you know what I have, have found as well that works for me, and this, this might just be, be an Ashley quirk, I don't know, <laughs> but when I when I think about it, sometimes I do think it's worth remembering what made you passionate about this thing in the first place. Because right. see, when I think back to four years ago, when I first really started to fall in love with photography, that was such an amazing feeling. I, I experimented a lot with different things. I, I did video, I was photographing everything and it was a total discovery phase 
Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know where it would take me. I didn't know where my future was with photography. And I feel that the more involved I've become with this passion of mine, I've, I've kind of lost, I've, I've kind of lost, like I've, I've kind of boxed myself into being a certain type of photographer. So I tell mm-hmm. people I'm a natural light portrait photographer. And it means that I've stopped looking at other things that I can photograph, like landscapes or still life. And and I've lost that. I've lost that exploration, that discovery phase. And when I think back to how I felt four years ago when I was first figuring all of this stuff out and it was so exciting, sometimes that's kind of enough to bring that little spark back again and mm-hmm. try something new. So that that works for me. Remember what made you passionate about it in the yeah. first in the first place. I mean, it's if you narrowed it down a bit, it's probably it's not just photography that you love, but it's the discovery that photography allows you to allows you to experience. So it's the it's the discovering new things aspect that that you really love. Photography is just the the medium, just the way you the way you do that. Does everybody feel that way about? Does everybody love learning new things, or do some people hate it? <laughs> I just know from yeah myself i love i love kind of pushing and trying out you know completely different projects and i'll take on projects sometimes that are something i've never done before but uh, it's yeah i like that discovery phase as well like i try and i take on a project of that i've never had experience with uh, before but you you get to discover uh, you, you know what talents you didn't know you had and how you how you can approach things um you yeah you i think you always need that sort of that variation and uh, and to try things out i I think i can't imagine uh, something worse than if you were just one particular type of photographer and you did the same thing you photographed uh the same thing every day every day i mean how could you how could you be creative then after doing that same thing over and over again, I think you always need other influences. Yeah, well, that's part part of my problem then. Well, how did you get to to? How have you ended up um, in this phase of of being labelled as a certain type of photographer? Is that that's your own doing? Then you started. Yeah, I was you started saying... trying to. You maybe well, it comes out of a. You're trying to brand yourself, and you're trying to get your get the word out there that you're uh talented at a certain at a certain thing and you're trying to make a name for yourself so you you know what you were good at then and you're you're saying yeah i'm a what was it you said a natural Natural light light portrait photographer yeah so you knew at that time you were good at that and so you're you're putting it out there and saying i'm good at this and that kind of became your brand and then people maybe people you know, only think of you as that. But now that you're, now that you've had so much more experience doing other stuff and you're pushing yourself to, to photograph other things. And you talked in the past about wanting to shoot bespoke weddings and kind of unusual, unusual weddings. And that's something you want to have as your, as your brand, but you have to get out there and actually, and actually do it and not pigeonhole yourself into a certain, into a certain, role that you're not i mean you're you're certainly passionate about taking 
natural light portraits, but it's maybe not all you all you want to do with photography. No, but if I I if I call myself a natural light portrait photographer, then I'm a decent natural light portrait photographer. If I started calling myself a landscape photographer, I'd be a terrible landscape photographer. <laughs> but I am going to I don't need to that can just be something that I explore in my own time, not have to do for clients. Mm-hmm. Um so one of the things that I do and I think everybody should do this. And if you're not doing it, why are you not doing it? Is to always just keep a notepad of ideas and constantly write down ideas for everything that you have. I do this with blog posts. I do this if I have ideas for photos or um, ideas for apps that I want to build. Even if they seem really stupid or laborious or whatever, I write them all down. And when I do hit that block... I refer back to them. And even if those ideas themselves aren't something I act on, they really still get my, my juices flowing. So that's something I think everybody should do is keep a notepad of ideas. Do you do that, Paddy? I do. I, uh, I have, I usually use uh, the clear iPhone app and write down uh, ideas all the time. And, um, field in notes. There. Or field notes. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I usually, um, that's something I should do more is keep a real physical notebook uh, with me. Oh, I love me. paper. Yeah, it's, it I know, just makes yeah. all the difference, I think. I love, I love uh, having my, – my desk is just covered in scraps of paper and I, I'm always writing down stuff. But when I'm out and about, I'm always using the, the clear iPhone app to, to write down ideas. Because you get ideas at, yeah, like we said, those times when you're out and about and you're, you know, when you're on the train or in, in the car and you're – doing something uh that you're not really thinking about your work but your your mind is in the back of your mind it's still working and then it just kind of clicks and comes up with a good idea so you need to always be able to write it down and i think that's another important point is to discover your your own times of high creativity so not everybody's the same like are you ask yourself are you a morning person or do you feel that you feel the creative flair in the evenings or after midnight i know for me personally afternoons aren't uh, are sometimes not the most uh, not my most creative time so i work early in the morning uh, and then spend a few hours in the afternoon trying to go out on my bike or going and doing something else which takes my mind off the takes my mind off the work and gives me a break from the creative block and then in the evening i might come back and do a couple more hours uh, of something and I know I'm pretty creative around midnight as well. So sometimes if I can, I take an evening and uh, bang on some coffee and create like the equivalent of a full day's work in just a few hours, like around midnight. But I mean, everybody's different, but I think you have to think about, you know, when, when are you getting the most creative work done and then optimize your daily schedule to suit you? Because it's not a, in the creative industry, it's not, you don't have to just work nine to five especially if you're working for yourself and it's on your passion-based project and it's your own thing i mean if you're working yeah just work smarter and not harder you don't need to do it nine to five if you get up at six in the morning and work until uh, lunchtime and you can get a lot of stuff done then then take a break for the afternoon and go and do something else if you know you're not that creative in the afternoons you know i totally agree with you yeah don't when are you, what, what times of the day are you creative? Oh, again, first thing in the morning. I think most people are because their brain is rested. 
their brain is ready mm-hmm. for the day. So definitely first thing in the morning, um, at, right after I take the dog out, I'll I'll sit down and and do a bit of work. I'll try not to get too wrapped up in emails and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But also I find that same as you actually come the afternoon kind of hit that that troll. Is that the right word? Troll. It might not be the troll? right word. I don't know. Sometimes I just make up words. <laughs> um that dip, shall okay. we say. <laughs> and then again in the evening pick it back up. But we're mm. quite lucky that we can that's yeah, that we can just kind of work around yeah our our creativity but i have i have some tips i have some tips for what i do when i have creative blog that i think helps a lot of them overlap with what you've said already i think getting a change of scenery is really important if i do a little bit of travel then gosh i'm really just travel really inspires me and i'm just itching to to get some work done um, this sounds a bit strange, but one of the things I've done in the past that has really helped is that I go on, t- I go up the top of a mountain with a friend and we sit on top of the mountain and we talk and there's a sense of clarity. I sound like a, like a Buddhist or a monk or something, <laughs> don't I? Try that, that sounds one. sounds great. So, yeah, sit on top of a mountain, honestly. It's going to be pretty tough in Belgium because it's so flat. Oh. But, um, yeah. But I know back home yeah. uh, in Ireland, it's, um. We have some some close by mountains and stuff, and uh, yeah, it's all, it's a lot of fun. I like uh, climbing up there, and yeah, just I do the the same sort of thing here when I go out on the bike and I try and go somewhere uh, quite isolated or just somewhere that's that's quiet, that's not behind a computer, and uh, yeah, you definitely feel refreshed after you come back from that. So much clarity. Um, but also on the on the contrary to that, I go to local meetups as well, and they really help. Um, I went to Rookie Oven the other week, which is for startup founders. It was my first time there, and I met lots of interesting people doing amazing things. And of course, that sparked some ideas. Um, starting with a basic project to dip your toe in, kind of what you said about doing little repetitive tasks that don't require much thinking. Mm-hmm. And the big one here's the big one: coffee. <laughs> Yeah, but if all else fails, don't push it again. What Paddy said about getting the model plane and sitting chipping away at that. So it seems that we have a lot of um, similar tips that kind of overlap. Yeah, especially you mentioned uh, going to meetups and and getting other opinions. That's something I find really is really important to get outside opinions on your on your work. So I mean, so many designers, myself included can isolate themselves in a project and not not showing anyone else their their progress on it because they're because they're afraid to to show it i mean it's that thing we discussed last week about rejection and reluctance to show other people you know something that's not quite finished and um i mean when you're designing something that creation is your baby and us designers can get very protective over over our creations and we don't want to we don't want anybody commenting negatively on something we're in the middle of making we're very we're very fragile like that but sharing your work and taking criticism is all part of growing as a designer i mean you can only get better um, by doing that you need to show other people your work because you're so close to the problem and you you're right up close to what it is you're making you can't see it with fresh eyes anymore and you can't see the bigger the bigger picture so you need to you need to find a couple of you need to find a couple of close people who will be honest with you and you need to talk to your 
the end, the end users, the people that are uh, going to actually use the thing that you're making. Uh, and you need to show things along the way to, to these people and take their feedback on board. I mean, sometimes you're, if you're struggling with create a block on a certain problem, the solution can come so quickly from someone else just looking at it for the first time and questioning, just questioning something that you've had in there from day one that y you couldn't um, couldn't see anymore. So definitely, I think that's something you should try to do more and more and more is is just show people your work. Absolutely, but hopefully, people can definitely take away a few practical practical tips from how to address their creative block. What do you think? Yeah, hopefully we uh, we said some things that would be you know useful to other people. I mean, if people have other ideas for uh, for overcoming creative block or any any other feedback on any of our other episodes, they can tweet us at Working Out Show or they can send us an email on info at workingoutpodcast.com. Great. Great. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>